What's up? I'm B, and whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening to the podcast, I hope you are having an amazing day. Today, we will be watching the first installment of Paul and Morgan's new series on their channel, 24 Hours With. This introductory episode is them spending 24 hours with Isaiah Saldivar, and it's going to be a lot, so get ready. It's a long one. This is, uh, the, the original video is an hour and three minutes long, so grab a snack, grab a bevy, do whatever you got to do, uh, go for a walk around the neighborhood, whatever it may be. We're going to be spending a good amount of time together today. In last week's video, I did post a recap of Paul and Morgan's appearance on Isaiah's channel, and I just kind of went over like the most important points. We kind of got familiar with who Isaiah is a little bit, and the general consensus was it takes a special kind of person to make me feel one, like Paul and Morgan are making good points, and two, a little bit bad for them because it was awkward. It was tense. Um, something that I hope came through and I think did come through in my video is that Paul and Morgan in this conversation made some pretty reasonable points. And instead of being a gracious host and maybe entertaining those points or deciding that at a certain point, like I have my beliefs, you have yours. Let's keep the video moving. And since we're going to be spending so much more time together while you're out here, let's dive deeper into it. At a later point, um, Isaiah was just steadfast. And usually I use steadfast in a positive way. He was a bulldozer. That's probably a better word. He had no room for disagreement on things that he felt strongly about. And it was just like, nope, this is it. You think differently than me, you're wrong. And it was really uncomfortable to watch. I did not care for it. And so I can only imagine that we're going to have some of those tense moments when we watch this. But let's talk a little bit about this video. The whole concept of the 24 Hours With series that Paul and Morgan are doing is to create unity in the Christian community. They think that Things are just so divisive and there are certain things that all Christians should agree on, but they're open to debate on secondary topics. So they're going to be traveling around the country with whoever else agrees to appear on this and um, spending 24 hours with them, like talking about theological perspectives, um, disagreeing on some parts, agreeing on others. I have a bad feeling about this, to be honest, because my thought is that Paul and Morgan are going to approach people with larger audiences than they have and people whose approval they want. And I don't think that they're going to learn a valuable lesson by continuing the series if they continue it. I, I'm assuming they will. Like, it seems like they put a lot of um, importance on this succeeding and like this being something that they're just really excited about continuing to do. And it's like this whole vision that Morgan has. So, I would hope that they would come out of this having learned something. I would love to see them approach people who they disagree with. We know that they can. We know that they've spent the night at Jacqueline Glenn's house, well, Jacqueline Frank's house. Like she has criticized them super heavily and she's an atheist and they met up for dinner at one point and then later had another trip together where they went to Jacqueline's house and they spent the night and they made a vlog together. So we know that they are capable of 
seeing people who have different beliefs than them and getting along with them on a human level, even if they don't agree. My hope for this new endeavor is that this would be an amazing opportunity for Paul and Morgan to engage in and benefit from a significant amount of spiritual and emotional growth. I think that they're going to go with people who are on the more extreme side of Christianity, like they're going to present themselves as the baseline of the types of beliefs they want to align with. And so they'll either pick people who align with them who have large followings, or they'll pick people who are more extreme than them who also have large followings. And they'll try to get like their audiences involved and try and benefit from those people's uh, audiences, like coming and watching Paul and Morgan's channel. Long story short, I have my doubts on how effective this project will be in unifying Christians. I think, if anything, it's going to further separate Paul and Morgan from average Christians. And maybe that's um, a, a road that they're willing to go down for exposure and views. And like they want to make it this big thing. So they're going to go with people who have big audiences and extreme beliefs, and they're going to kind of go down that route. But most of the Christians I know in my real life um, don't follow people like Isaiah, Mike, the demon slayers. Most people I know who work at churches look at those types of people and they're like, it's a lot. Like I don't align with those things that they're saying. And so I just, I think they're going to take this opportunity to veer down a more extreme path instead of trying to engage in viewers of all different sects and all different beliefs like progressive Christians and figuring out like why they why they have such an issue with progressive Christians because I know that they do and yeah like I am a progressive Christian and so I'm like what what is truly your issue like do you have a, a vision in your head of what you think a progressive Christian looks like and that's what you have a problem with or did you have a certain experience? Like what's, what's going on? Because Paul's made jokes about progressive Christians on his TikTok. Like he'll do little skits and stuff. And I'm just like, I don't think like that. Like general, generally, um, most of us don't, don't think like that. Like I, I've yet to meet a progressive Christian who says that, um, we shouldn't take the Bible seriously. Or like that that verses and, and stories and passages from the Bible don't matter. And Paul's made that joke before, so. Well, that's a, that's a deep and interesting question. I'll, I'll and it, uh, my mind is uh, inflamed. Anyway, I, I'm apprehensive about this project, but um, I know that Morgan has high hopes for it. I hope that it works out well for her and, and for Paul. And it seems like so far it has. Uh, today is January 28th, and as of now, this has 22,069 views, and it was posted on January 23rd. So we're five days in, we got, you know, 22,000 views, and that's, well, I looked at that, and I was like, oh yeah, that's like an, an average amount of views compared to their audience size, because they have 159,000 subscribers. So if you're going with like the 10% kind of uh, general standard of like, this is a successful video metric. Yeah, like 22,000, I would expect them to get like 16,000 because that's 10, per, well, it's, you know, estimated 10% of 159,000. So looks good. Then I went and I looked at their other uploads and um, their live streams. And those are typically clearing 
six or seven thousand, which is not a small number. Like that's a lot of people um, looking at something. Like imagine seven thousand people in a room. Holy crap, that's a lot of people. It's just not necessarily in line with what would be expected when you have that many subscribers. The last video that they posted that got over 20,000 views was them announcing that Morgan was pregnant with baby number two. Aside from that though, generally their videos are getting about six or 7,000 views on average. The last time they had what I would consider to be a high performing video was about four months ago when Paul posted a solo video talking about whether or not Taylor Swift was a witch. And we've talked about it already. We know that they rode that train with Brittany Dawn for a while. Now they've moved on. All right, so I think we've got a decent amount of baseline knowledge established. Let's go ahead and do win for the week and then we will get into this reaction. If you are new around here, a win for the week is just where you share something positive that happened to you over the past week that you would consider a win, big or small, whatever it may be. If it brought you joy, if it made you grateful, if it made you laugh, I want to hear it and celebrate with you. My win for the week was celebrating January birthdays with my family this weekend. My husband has a birthday in January and so does one of my older sisters. So we have a pretty big family. Um, so whenever there's like a birthday, we, we don't do individual celebrations. We go by month. We get grouped together. And so those are always fun just seeing my parents, my siblings, my nieces and nephews. We do tend to spend a lot of time together, but it's still always fun to do that. So that is my win for the week and I cannot wait to hear yours and celebrate with you. If you are watching this on YouTube, you can leave it in the comment section down below. And if you are listening to the podcast on Spotify, you can leave it in the Q&A for this particular episode. Oh, I am really not looking forward to this because I was going to redo the description that Paul and Morgan put for this video. Oh, Okay, I am, I'm gonna read it to you and if you watched last week, she'll know why I'm making this face. Um, their description says, can Christians have demons, healings versus chiropractor, extra biblical preaching, a spicy debate around yoga and alcohol, Isaiah's strange diet, Morgan had a demon, demons of thumb sucking and bedwetting, who is the real Isaiah Saldivar? This video is packed. All this and more in 24 hours with Isaiah Saldivar. This is going to be tough to get through, but the important thing is that we're here together and I believe in us. We talked so much about yoga and alcohol in their last one. They, they spent so much time on it. Why would they do this? This is... Mm. You guys already talked about those things. Paul made the argument of like, well, what is technically yoga? What what if we compare it to stretching or physical therapy or going to the chiropractor? Because Isaiah goes to a chiropractor. And so he was doing a lot of like, well, what about and playing devil's advocate? Because Isaiah is staunchly against yoga and alcohol. And so now we're going to have these conversations again. Okay, I'm ready. All right, so it starts with some text on the screen and it says the division between Christians online is immense. In this series, we will press into tough conversations, disagree with love and humanize the person behind the screen. Join us as we discover the real lives of some of the most influential Christian figures. And then below that, it says, behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity, Psalm 133 verse one. And then they sign it, Paul and Morgan. You will find when you start doing deliverance ministry, there's so many different types of demons. You, like, you threw the verse at me. I, got I didn't have time you. to process. I, Someone just said Paul needs to be delivered. The demon of 
of bedwetting the demon of thumb sucking. That's going too far. I'm, I'm not back now. I would agree. I would say, yeah. He's the perfect man. No, no, not perfect. <laughs> oh, in the chat, what is Paul actually doing? Oh, no. I'm quoting scripture. My bad. <laughs> I feel like I was. There were things in me. My insides are tickling right now. No, veggies. I just think that that is, so do you that is going I don't on an extra is. biblical. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. You don't I think, think, let me give I, I think that can get dangerous. I, a person that doesn't do deliverance would think that's not. Okay, so they're including just like a montage of their day, and they also sprinkled in some clips of their appearance on Isaiah's channel. And if you didn't catch last week's episode, Paul got some pretty harsh criticism. Isaiah's followers are very dedicated and devoted to um, the things that Isaiah believes and Paul gave him a good amount of pushback and while there were positive comments for Paul and Morgan a lot of them um, were pretty negative and saying that they think Paul needs deliverance Paul makes them feel uneasy that they think he's not even a real Christian which I don't think is cool like if somebody makes you uneasy and you're like hey that guy seems a little bit weird I don't really like seeing him on your channel that's not a super nice opinion, but it's yours and you have every right to say it. But to say that somebody is not a Christian because they don't believe in certain things the same way that you do is not cool. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> discernment videos. I'm like, you guys are the worst term ever. It's worth it for me to take the criticism and see people get set free. Sacramento. All right, so they started off with some B-roll footage. I assume they did not take that themselves. It's probably some stock footage of Sacramento, but hey, that's dedication to the editing. Seems like we're on a, a good track of this being a higher caliber project, like Morgan has said that it is. So, okay, let's see what you guys do. Um, it's 7.30 a.m., Saldivar household. Adam and Eve had everything they wanted. They had the most delicious food you've ever tasted, and they had all of this that you were eating. So, wow, what a good meal to choose for them. <laughs> do you guys remember what sin is? We talked about it yesterday. Who's the one that told them eat this fruit, even though God said not to? Yes, good job. <laughs> All right, so obviously they're in Isaiah's house. He does have children, and so um, whenever they pop up on the screen, I will just go ahead and blur it. If there's anything important to the context of the video, I'll describe it for you, but if you see that, just assume there's a kid in the scene, <laughs> and um, I don't like showing other people's kids on my channel, so that's what we're going to do. Adam, you've said, Did, it, good job. That was Did you learn something? What's the name of that Bible? So this one, this first one is like one of our favorite ones. It's the Bible in one year, and we like it because it has questions at the end. Hey, they Nova. did not learn healthy eating from me. Hey Nova, can I try one of your cucumber, breakfast cucumbers? I don't think I've ever seen anyone give. Dude, harvest. It's an apple. And that's what she has. You've never eaten a cucumber yeah. before? No, <laughs> not like that. I don't. I stay away from anything that comes from the ground. <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only way I'll get that is Jamba Juice blends it up for me. Isaiah, you are very particular in some of your beliefs. If you think your body is a temple, you should probably nourish it properly. That's a joke. I don't care whether or not he has a healthy diet, but he started out this video by saying that his kids eat healthy and he does not. He doesn't eat things that come from the ground. So, all right. Um, they have a screen with some text that says revival lifestyle. 
I wonder if that's a sign in Isaiah's house I or like in his studio maybe. I would assume it is because it doesn't align with like the rest of the graphics that they're using for their video. So maybe Isaiah has a neon sign that says that somewhere. 8 a.m. And we're actually about taking to pass kids the to school. I got saved at, so that you went up to the altar call yeah. and you got saved. You know, the very the audible voice of God and God called me, man. A number of us would say we felt like we, we heard the voice of God, like the still small voice. Yeah. Um, speak to us inaudibly, speak to our minds, speak yeah. to our hearts, give us a, a picture, a word, a vision. Can you <laughs> describe just real quick, like to hear the audible voice of God? What is what does his voice sound like? Yeah. So for me, it's not a regular thing where I'm like, I hear the audible voice of God. In fact, when I did hear it that night when I got saved, I was five seconds ago, like, quote unquote, atheist. And didn't, I wasn't full of the Holy Spirit. So, like, I didn't have the capacity to hear God whisper or, like, the Holy Spirit speak to me inwardly because I didn't have the Holy Spirit. I didn't have a relationship with God. So I heard it from the outside as, like, an audible voice. You know, the Bible says it's the voice as of the multitudes. And I honestly felt like it was like if you took 100 people all speaking at once, it was just such a such a powerful voice. And basically God said, Isaiah, I, you know, I don't want 99.9% .9 of you. I want all of you. Like I want your life. I have a plan for you. Here's a, a genuine question that I have for you, Isaiah, as someone who, who focuses so much on, in the deliverance ministry, you. Paul's been on screen already. He was in the breakfast scene and he was talking to Isaiah and the kids. He was trying to bum a cucumber off of one of his daughters. Um, so Paul's in the car with Isaiah, they're taking the kids to school and now they're showing Paul asking this question and they put text over the top of his head that says, Paul. Okay. Design how you want to design it. Something interesting that may or may not become relevant later, but it did pique my interest is that Isaiah just said that five minutes before he encountered the Lord, he would consider himself an atheist, but then he heard the audible voice of God saying, I don't want 99.9% .9 of you. I want all of you. I'm just going to keep that in the back of my head. That phrasing is interesting. Discuss demons quite a bit. Oh, are you okay by going uh, to go by the term demon slayer? Is I that know, like a, I don't use the term. Okay, are you, I, I, you prefer I, not being Yeah, no, I don't like being called a demon slayer. First of all, I think the word slayer means like destroy and you can't destroy demons. The demon slayer thing happened with us four guys, which is Vlad Savchuk, Mike Signorelli, and Alexander Pagani. We all are like just brothers. We're all, all of us are pastors. All of us are just like good, good friends. Like we talk every single day. Like we're accountability to each other, all this stuff. And we changed our group chat as a joke to the Demon Slayers because we were doing a Deliverance <laughs> podcast and we told them in a podcast like, yeah, we changed the name and then everyone started calling us the Demon Slayers. That's good to, good to know. Yeah. So, so, I, but I, I don't not, like being called that. I, I will not refer to you. I kind of cringe. I don't know why. I just kind of cringe when people say it because I'm like, I just like, yeah. I okay, well, I, I did. But I'm glad you brought it up. Well, okay, no, that, that is good. That's interesting because that's like the first phrase that comes to mind when I think of him and, and that group of men. I've said that on the channel multiple times. It's like, oh, they're the Demon Slayers. If you don't like being like known by that association, if you don't think that it's an accurate terminology to use, change up the branding. So no, and, and for the record, guys, he doesn't love being called the Demon Slayer. Here's kind of my question. Like we've, we've gone to a few, a couple at least, of these type of deliverance services. And one of the things that I felt like I kind of took away from it was, man, like this is so focused on, on demons. Uh, you know, we're praying against the demon of, I could start going down the list, you know, I mean, literally the demons of different holidays, demons of different organizations, demons of different movies. And I'm sitting there like, 
at some point this starts to feel exhaustive and it, I, I feel like it could turn someone who's really invested in this into almost a paranoid Christian yeah. thinking, yeah. okay, oh, I, I got to quickly pray against that. There's a demon literally crawling yeah. and trying to get underneath my door. How would you respond to that? Yeah, so we've tried to counteract that by every time we do these Q&A podcasts or we talk about deliverance and this is all, you can find 20 clips of me saying this, like not everything's a demon. You don't need to be paranoid. There's not a demon under every rock. You're not going to get a demon from drinking Starbucks. You're not going to get a demon from drinking whatever or a, a song plays in the mall. People are like, I just got a demon because a song was playing in the mall and I right. was walking. Literally, these are real yeah. things. Oh yeah, 100%. I, I, felt, I felt being there like, yeah. I think some of these people are thinking those type of yeah. things. I think that could definitely happen. And I think one thing we always say is whatever you teach, your followers take to the extreme. To go, stay on topic to what you're talking about. When you're at a mass deliverance service and we, we basically promote this as we're here to do deliverance. You have to remember the people coming are people that really believe they need deliverance and often they do need deliverance. So these are people coming for that specific thing. This is not like a prophetic conference or a miracle conference or a uh, evangelism event or a training. So that's kind of probably why you felt that way. But if you go to my church, like say you just drop into my church on Sunday, you would probably never think this is the church Isaiah Saldivar goes to because you're going to get Bible-based teaching every week. Okay. The last few times I preached there, I didn't talk about deliverance. Um, you're not, you would never go to my church and be like, this is a hyper charismatic church or it's completely very, very normal yeah. Bible. Yeah, 100%. At the end of the, every okay. service, we say, hey, if you need healing, if you need deliverance, if you need prayer, there'll be a prayer team. But if not, praise the Lord, have an amazing day. You know, go be on fire for God. You will find when you start doing deliverance ministry. First and foremost, I have concerns about how much of the environment they're going to be showing because they're taking his kids to school. So maybe we don't um, film when we get close to the school, but it looks like they are. Second of all, this is a good conversation so far. I definitely think... Um, for me, at least when I hear Isaiah's name, I think deliverance, like immediately, that's what I associate him with that and the demon slayers. And those are like one in the same, basically. So I, I think that a lot of the content that he puts out is focused on that. And it can be very easy for people who consume content like his or his actual content to become a little bit paranoid and be like, everything's a threat everything's dangerous and it, it can have a significantly negative impact on their mental health. And so I appreciate Paul bringing this up and being like, hey, I, I think someone might become a little bit paranoid if they start thinking in this certain way because they're buying into or, you know, participating in deliverance ministry. What do you think? And Isaiah's like, oh, well, you're not going to get it. If, like you're not going to get a demon if you drink Starbucks or you hear a song at the mall but like, where's the line of severity? I mean, there are certain things that I think he makes a case for being dangerous. Things like yoga, which I disagree with him on, but his view is that it's worshiping demons. Um, that's what he said. So if that's his case for not supporting yoga, and he knows people who have gotten demons in them from being yoga teachers, okay, I, I see... I. I'm able to understand his line of thinking, even if I disagree with it, but it's like on things that are not that, like what, where's the line of a, a dangerous activity or an innocuous activity? And this kind of goes back to Paul saying there are a lot of things that have like pagan origins and we choose what we are okay with letting slide. Like we're cool with certain things just going under the radar. It's fine. It's not a big deal. 
but how do we decide which of those things are a threat? I think talking about paganism is hard because there's like a general consensus of paganism and then there's an actual belief system of paganism. And so um, like the the way that people generally use it is to refer to something outside of like a monotheistic religion such as Christianity or Judaism. And so when you have things with origins that don't fall under that umbrella, people will say, oh, it has a pagan origin. Oh, it's related to like Greek mythology or in this case, yoga being related to Hindu beliefs, stuff like that. And so I don't think it's like technically part of the pagan religion, but people refer to it as having pagan origins. There's so many different types of demons for every type of thing. And here's why. Demons' names are not like our names, where it's like, you're Paul, I'm Isaiah. They don't get named like that. When they say their name, they're saying their function. So if you see somebody manifesting and a spirit starts saying its name is gluttony or um, whatever, suicide or depression or anger or anything, all the demon's saying is, this is my function. That is my name. That is my function. It's not saying like, I was named this. So that's why like a spirit of Jezebel functions like Jezebel function in the Bible. Alyssa's oh, calling. Go, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, let me take this real quick. Sorry, I'll interrupt yeah, no, you. Morgan, here, let me take it. I'll, I'll get you guys. Hey, we're in the car. Just real quick. So we went to a deliverance service on a Friday night a couple months ago with a friend. They did also introduce Morgan via text. And one thing that the pastor was kind of demanding that everyone do was to repeat after him to pray to repent for these things to pray for these things and I felt incredibly uncomfortable because I was like I don't need to repent for this yeah, like, yeah. I'm not struggling with this or this is not a fight that I have in my life and I feel like we've experienced things like that at deliverance services what do you think about that yeah I mean when we're saying like everybody renounce Again, we're trying to hit a huge broad category of as many things we can think of to to meet the amount of people. So like the last one we did, I think there was like 3,000 people in Texas. So you're trying to like Ooh. say everything to match those people. But I would say if you're there and it doesn't apply to you, don't, don't repeat it. Don't yeah. renounce it. I always think like I would rather renounce or repent of more than less. But if you're – but if, I would tell anyone if you're uncomfortable – definitely don't repeat it definitely don't go with it if you're not comfortable doing it but we do do that we're like hey everybody repeat this and then we're kind of covering all the bases again because you're trying to cater to like three to five thousand people right. at one time in like an hour and a half period spilling the beans oh god if they're sauce all right so that's Alyssa. um the screen is blurred so you can't see her face but that's isaiah's wife and i'm blurring the screen because one of their daughters is there also eat like a 12 year old i eat like if i get a cheeseburger i'm like i just want meat and cheese on it only she eats real food she's like i want the scrambled avocado and onions i'm like no none of that i'll never touch a tomato my insides are tickling right now let me pour this on this is the honey butter this is the lord sauce he's raving about this this house made honey butter french toast so good oh i love a good french toast Dude, it's so good. It's sweet. It's the Lord's it's savory. He's not, been watching the Food Network. It's not too heavy. He's a critic. He's been watching the Food Network. 8.9 out of 10. Say Happy New Year. Yeah, bless you. Good to meet you. 
as I was giving hugs and handshakes to some other men in the restaurant, and the caption says Isaiah meeting fans, which sounds a little bit weird to me that you are, you know, a pastor doing ministry and you refer to people who recognize you as a public figure as fans. I don't really know what an appropriate term would be or like a better suited term would be, but if you're like a religious leader and you refer to people who like look up to you and consume your content or they go to your church or they like listen to your sermons as fans, that makes me a little bit uncomfy. Awesome. Thank you. God bless you. Oh, they're playing pickleball. 1030 a.m. Oh, they're heading to the chiropractor. Last night was taking out the trash. Take it from there. Yeah, so I was taking out the trash last night. And, uh, well, specifically, have, we had a bunch of trash. I was taking out from, from a bunch of boxes and stuff to our dumpster. I leaned down and just felt something pop in my back, which has never happened to me before. I've had, like, neck stuff pop and neck issues. Um, started seeing a chiropractor. Prayed for healing for for years. It's been like two and a half years of having neck issues. Real quick, I, mean, yeah, yeah, there's so, I feel like there's so yeah. many directions we could go because I want to I wanna talk about what happened last night, but yeah. well, let's just sit on that for a second. So two and a half years of neck of pain. Neck, so stiff neck, couldn't do this. I like, couldn't look at you right now. Wow. You're someone that I, I think of when I think like we are praying confidently for healing, laying yes. out of hands. You've prayed for, I'm guessing, just yes. many people yes. and seen miraculous healings. How do you reconcile two and a half years of not being healed? In your you neck? just wrestle with it and go, I don't know, God, but you know. And is this something that you're using to keep me humble? Is this something you're using to keep me weak? Like when Paul said, I prayed three times for the storm to leave me. And God said, no, no, no. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. So I'm like, is this something? I don't know. You know, is it is it just physical? Is it spiritual? I pray and pray. And for me, when I pray for healing, I pray every time like it's the first time. So this was... Praying, praying, seeing doctors, which I tell people all the time, hey, pray, believe God for healing, but also see a physician. Like Luke was a physician and wrote the most supernatural book in the Bible, the book of Acts. Ooh. So finally, by the way, we are on our way to the chiropractor yes, right now. Yes, we are going to the chiropractor. <laughs> Yesterday, something unprecedented happened. Yeah, it was not I, related. I was taking out. All right. So far, I'm on the same page. I'm with you. I agree. Something happens, you get injured, like you get sick, whatever it may be. Pray for healing, but also go to a doctor. Like, please go to a professional and get help with this as well. Also, something that I was just thinking about is that it would have been really nice if Paul and Morgan had gotten um, one of those like tripods that you can attach to your windshield. So that way you could see uh, Isaiah and Paul and then Morgan in the backseat all at once instead of having to like pan back and forth and have some of that shaky footage. I know I am probably the person with the least amount of room to make comments on production quality because everything I produce is like very basic from a production level. Um, so I, this is not like a make or break thing for me, but Paul and Morgan emphasized how important this project was for them and how much effort and time they were putting into it. And so I think it just would have been a nice touch. Like it would have made it seem more professional. And I know that they're just getting started with this series. And so maybe they didn't want to put a ton of money into getting some new equipment that would be better suited for this style video. But I just, I think it would have been nice. It would have been something where it's like, wow, like if, if people are fans of Paul and Morgan or are fans of Isaiah or like believe in this project and they watch it, 
the quality and like her, you know, doing the video back and forth in the back seat is not going to be something that turns them away from it entirely. But can you imagine if they had upped the quality on it and they had a tripod or not a tripod, but like a, a camera stand in the front of the car to capture all of them and just had that nice touch in there, how people would have been like, oh my God, like it was such a beautiful video. It inspired me so much. There were great points of conversation and the production quality was so good because for somebody who's not super interested, it might be a turnoff for them. I know that's a lot of hypotheticals, but that is literally just where my train of thinking went as soon as I was like, it's kind of annoying that Morgan's going back and forth with the camera that she's holding in her hands. I wish that they had set it up in the front of the car so I could see all of them. And then my just my brain just like took off from there. Trash in our dumpster and I leaned over to grab something and felt, I felt like it was audible. I don't know if it was, but I felt a super loud pop in the low, my lower back, which I've never had happen in my entire life and just immediately excruciating pain, couldn't move, my legs were tingling, ended up coming to the chiropractor in extreme pain, was gonna throw, the pain was so bad, I have a high pain tolerance, and I, I was like gonna vomit because the pain was so bad. How are you doing right now? I'm good, I mean, it still hurts, but it's, we're gonna power through, and <clears throat> God's just keeping me humble, bro. God, I was like, Lord, whatever you're trying to say, I don't think God caused it, of course not, but I'm like, Lord, whatever you're trying to do through it, just keep me humble. Keep me humble, keep me weak. His grace is sufficient, Absolutely. his power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more in my infirmities because when I am weak, preach. He is strong. <laughs> there. Oh, I'm driving, bro. Hey, I'm driving. All right. Let me wave my fingers in your face a little bit more, Isaiah. I know you're driving, but like, let's do this quirky bit. Ugh, back pain is no joke, though, so I do hope he feels better. Pass. You get a pass. All right, so we are at Baker Family Chiropractic. I wonder if they got permission to film in there before they just went ahead and did it. My crew with me. All right. How's it going? Good, good. Better? A lot better. Still uh, bending and stuff hurts, but it's like 75% better than it was last night. My legs were like tingling in my feet, and then when I walked out, there was no tingling. not fun. There we go. Good. Feels so good. Thank you. Yeah, it's super painless. I was about to see if I could squeeze in a quick adjustment. Can we talk about Isaiah's style? Because he, he, no, no, I've, I've noticed this before. He's got a very distinct, I would call it, West Coast uh, active wear, active kind of snowboard. Uh, you got the bands going on. Tell us about this. I used to wear it growing up. I was in a metal band, so bands was like the cool thing. And then yes. recently my wife's like, you need to get a pair of bands, and I fell in love with them again. Now we're getting a little controversial. Would these be considered skinny jeans? I mean, I, they'd be considered jeans that fit my skinny legs. <laughs> I don't have skinny jeans, I have skinny hey, legs. You know, I'm an, I'm an advocate for skinny jeans, but I know some pastors more in the... Yeah, I'm a skinny leg guy. So some pastors I'm say, guys, guys should not be wearing skinny jeans. I push against it. I just think I have skinny legs. <laughs> yeah, they he's don't want to see my legs. He's refusing to say but they're definitely I say skinny that they are skinny. Levi's skinny. Yeah, they're 5'11". Levi, 5'11s are, are skinny. Are. Okay, you gotta add in some like levity jokes. Doesn't have to be all serious. I gotcha. 12.30 p.m. South of our studio. What's up? <laughs> 
I wonder if they're trying to get sponsored by Hint because they just showed like B-roll footage of a fridge there that had a bunch of Hint water in it. Jared, Hello. this is Paul, Hi. Paul, nice to meet you. Morgan, Morgan nice and to meet you. Tamara. Hi, nice Tamara, nice to meet you. So they're the two awesome YouTubers. Yeah. Shut up, Bob. Um, you guys charismatic at all of that? Okay. You do your they're thing. They're just hyper charismatic. Okay. <laughs> you like how I answered for you guys? Yeah, they yes, are. Yes, thank you, Isaiah. Yeah, that was a fair answer. Okay, so what I thought would be cool, I've never done this before. I do it in my personal life, I have done it on stream, is, um, Praying scriptures. Have you ever like done that before? Yeah. So I have all these scriptures here. I mean, I have I have a lot. Oh, no. <laughs> I know too. <laughs> I put too many, but you know me. I kind of overdo it. So, so if I don't want to pray one, I can just skip it. Yeah. Or skip can I cherry pick all the good ones? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you do the song of Solomon one. Um, yeah, it'll be good. Let me set the mic up. Let me have you sit down, Jared. I'm just gonna line you up really quick. He's like, that sounds like that dude every inch to me has to be perfect i'm so I'm, i am bro if it's not perfectly lined up ugh. all right so are you comfortable there do your mic real quick so we're gonna go live for an hour and we're gonna pray and teach without a prayer life you just won't survive so that's kind of what these streams are for and then tonight we'll do the podcast and my brother will be here running it dude you're back you're walking i know i'm power ah okay so he does have a neon sign that says revival lifestyle that makes sense. Things are clicking for me. And right now we're just getting kind of a behind the scenes look at how Isaiah creates content. We're seeing some of the people that he works with. The studio looks really nice, actually. And I thought that the first time I watched that video that he did with Paul and Morgan, I was like, this looks like high quality stuff. Nice. True. No complaining. I'm just powering through. Guys are live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. We're not doing it. Yet. Oh, let me just adjust this because. Um, okay, so you are. We're starting. Here we go. Thank you, Lord. All right, Holy Spirit, help us. Be with us, Lord. We pray you be glorified, God. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, the stream is working. God, I pray that prayer meetings would rise up. I pray families. I see families together praying. I see some of you Come in the on. chat. You're going to start bringing your friends over, bringing your family over, and making your home a sanctuary for God. Ooh, that's making your house an altar for God to show up, change. What else do you have but God? What else do we have in this life? We've given everything. Jesus said, if anyone wants to come after me, he must lay his life down. Like, these are the five things Isaiah likes. Oh my ball, I'm so hyper-focused. Like I always tell Jared, I'm like, I can only do one ho hobby at a time because I get too focused on hobbies. So if I have two or three, it's game over. Hyper-focus club right here. Are baby. you like that too? Oh my goodness, yes. We might be twins, dude. We're like in the same age, same upbringing. <clears throat> I just... Might be twins. Yay. And now it looks like they're going to be attempting to take a photo for the thumbnail. Looking, like opening the door, I mean like... <laughs> uh, it's filming right now. Okay. The variety of facial expressions. <laughs> I don't know what to do, like... Maybe even like standing like here. Pretend we're yeah, meeting for the first time. This is good. This is yeah, good. you should yeah. film this. Alright, we're yeah, meeting yeah. for the first time. Ready? Okay, right. hey. <laughs> what? What? It's awkward. So if I open, you wouldn't both be just standing there staring at me. Yes, you. we would. <laughs> Welcome hey. to my crib. <laughs> <laughs> All going. Hey. All right, you know what? I'll be more docile. All right. <laughs> hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> Dude, this is so awkward. This is gonna be the best part of the whole video. Part of the fun of if we go with 
this thumbnail is like the anticipation. So just yeah. take a video and we'll do it all natural like we're just meeting. Action! What's what up? up? What's up, dude? How's it going? Hi, side Christian side hug. Dude, I don't know. You're acting like a model, you're like... Oh gosh, the side hug. No full frontal contact. You gotta, you know, make sure you avoid that temptation. What's up, bro? Okay. <laughs> I can't help it. And go. Hey, what's up, dude? How's it going? <laughs> also, not that there's anything wrong with, like, giving side hugs to people if that's what you're comfortable with, but for him to announce it, like, side hug, side cushion, that's weird. Just hug her from the side. Like, I don't, I don't know why you're announcing it. Three PM sound of our household. Oh, they're eating pizza. Actually, we were we knew you were pregnant with justice because you woke up at ten a.m. crying. Like I'm talking about not dramatic, like crying. I need steak nachos. Yeah. My baby is 10 in the morning. Where am I going to eat steak nachos? Please go get me steak nachos. And then we thought yeah. we were pregnant. <laughs> Did you so get bad. her steak nachos? Mm -hmm. I think I went by myself. We went, no, no, we went that day and got some. It wasn't at 10 a.m. though. Here's a, a genuine question I had. I would say in the last month, there's been maybe three times where I'm just going throughout my day and maybe something happens that I didn't want to happen and I notice like, like I get angry. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I know pretty quick, like, okay, that's that's not of the spirit. Yeah. What would you say say to that? When does it when does it become he needs to be delivered I think from it, a spirit? I think it when it becomes habitual and uncontrollable where you know it's not you. So you say, this anger, I, first of all, why am I getting angry over something so small? Something takes over me or comes over me and it feels like it's not me being angry. Something else is angry in me. That's when I would say it's probably spiritual. If you're struggling with anger, I would say, oh, it could be a flesh, could just be a sin you're going through. Because obviously the Bible says, be angry, but sin not. So there's a don't, time don't to go down, go down in your wrath. But I mean, anger in essence is not a godly thing to be angry or to be mad. So and I know in those times, it's not like a righteous anger. Yeah. Like I had a friend who came to me and said, really good friend, dude, I get angry so much for so no reason. I start feeling my blood boil. I feel something just rage inside of me. I don't know what's going on. Can you just pray for me and see if anything's there? Right. He wasn't asking like, dude, deliverance on me. I just started praying and saying, I bind the spirit of anger, you have no power. And he full on went into a rage, started swinging and screaming and growling and doing everything like that. This right? is like a, a person you're confident One of my best friends. Oh yeah, one of my best friends. And full on manifested had like... Oh my gosh, I know you can't see it, but one of their kids keeps walking by the camera and like sashaying and like doing the peace sign. She's modeling. It's really sweet and it's really cute. So I'm sorry that I'm not showing it to you, but... Um, if you see me smiling or laughing, it's because she is showing up for the camera. You know, three or four guys in the room being like, we need to hold this guy down because he's just screaming and yelling and all this. What do you want from me? Right. And he didn't, but he didn't come and say, I have this thing. It was just, he was going through this, but his was probably way more intense than what you're describing. He was constantly just getting in fits of rage for no reason. Like, I don't even know why I'm mad about that. Like my wife said something. And it just made me, or my girlfriend or whatever, or my kid just made me so mad. And it's so petty. I was like, this can't be me. You've gotten a ton of criticism. You've addressed it a number of times. So I'm not trying to beat a dead horse. No, I don't, I don't mind it. Not you you specifically necessarily, just deliverance in general. When you hear a, a good amount of Christians that would say like confidently, I, I look at scripture and do not see precedence for how a 
Christian indwelt with the Holy Spirit could also have a demon living inside of them. These people would admit the oppression is real. Yeah. The battle not against flesh and blood, like, but against the rulers and principalities in the heavenly realms. There is a very real spiritual realm that is coming after us at all times. Yeah. But the idea of being having a demon inside where there's also the Holy Spirit, that's just really, that's that's hard for me. Like, I, I'm yeah. not there. Yeah. So, but, but you would still like make a really strong case. I would say, absolutely. I would say a few things. I would say, number one, I don't see anywhere in the Bible where Jesus cast a demon off of anybody. So if it's mm. on you, then he'd have to cast it off of you. And there's no such thing as casting demons off. He always cast it out, meaning it was in them, right? I would also say, I don't see anywhere in the Bible where a Christian can't have a demon, where there's a verse that says, you cannot have a demon if you have the Holy Spirit. We don't see that in the scripture. The other thing I would say is the demon in you is not in the same location as the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is your spirit. You're dead spiritually. You come alive in Christ, you're born again, but we're not just soul or spirit. We're body, soul, and spirit. So the Holy Spirit's in your spirit. We have a body, which is physical, which I also believe demons can go into your body, but you're also soul, which is mind, will, and emotion. So I, I believe the demons go in the soul, not in your spirit realm. So is there a demon where the Holy Spirit is? No. Is there a demon next to sharing a room? No. The demon's in your mind, your will, and your emotion. Can you have a bad thought? Yes. Can you have bad emotions? Yes. Can you have a bad will? Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, you're a Christian. How could you have a bad thought? Well, because my mind's still subject to renewal, still being renewed by the word of God. In the New Testament, there is no distinction between possession or oppression. Those are man-made English terms. The Greek word for Having a demon is to be demonized, and that word literally means to be under the power of a demon. So you'll never find in scripture where Jesus says, that guy's oppressed and that guy's possessed. You're only going to find the Bible saying the person was demonized, and in the case of demonization, Jesus always cast the demon out. So just coming back to me, I'd say. All right, so this conversation is interesting, and I'm assuming because they had it, that's why Isaiah kept... Kind of ribbing Paul when uh, he and Morgan went onto Isaiah's channel. He was like, I'm going to turn you into a believer of deliverance. You're going to come back next year and be such a strong believer in it. He'll be casting out demons left and right. Like he, he really um, seems to take a big focus on this. And it's something that he appears to be very passionate about. And I do think it's interesting hearing his perspective on it. Um, despite the, the ways that I might disagree. But anyway, um, something that he just said was like, deliverance and oppression are man-made words. You'll never find those in the Bible. Okay, like, fine, sure. I'll, I'll take your word for that. But again, it's interesting when we take um, Christians who in certain things have such strong beliefs that they are not willing to budge on whatsoever at all, and then other things where they're like, well, it's, it's good. It's fine. Um, and I say this because Isaiah is saying like, well, no, like there's no difference in the Bible. Those are man-made words. You'll never hear Jesus say that. You'll never hear Jesus casting a demon off of someone. It's always out of someone. But then in the opening of this, um, of this video, he was doing Bible study with his kids and he was teaching them that Satan is the one who tempted Adam and Eve in the garden when generally, um, I, I know that we all kind of are taught that that's Satan, but when we look at the text, it says the serpent. It doesn't call that serpent by Satan. Like it doesn't call that serpent a name. It just says the serpent tempted Adam and Eve. And so that's one of those things where it's like, okay, so you're taking issue with um, casting a demon out of someone because 
that's not in the Bible and the word oppression versus possession, that's not in the Bible. And we only hear God talking about casting demons out of people. So that's why I don't think that demons are um, being oppressive forces on you. I think that they're possessing you, but you're straight up like starting the foundation of your children's faith by telling them something that isn't exactly um, like directly stated in the Bible. It's a generally accepted belief and people tend to refer to the serpent as Satan, but it's not technically what the Bible says. Like three times in the last month where I've just felt very real, like it's not like it lasted like all day, but it was one of those where it's like, man, like I definitely, this isn't normal. Yeah. Well, when do you decide? I'll, you right have, now, I would, I would, I would, if, if I was you, I would just be like, uh, I would text one of my friends like I did two months Because I, I believe that it's just the flesh. Yeah. Let him finish his sentence, Paul. Like, let him finish what he was saying. And then if you need to add some additional details, go ahead and do that. Sorry, I, one of my biggest pet peeves in my entire life is people who interrupt each other. It, I think it's because I was the youngest of my family, and so I was constantly interrupted as a kid. Um, and so it's just something that's always bothered me. And especially as an adult hearing other people interrupt each other, it like puts me in physical pain. I would text. Okay, okay. So I would text one of my friends like I did two months ago and said, Hey bro, I'm going through this. I'm having, I'm just feeling super lazy and lethargic for no reason. It doesn't feel like me. Can you pray for me? And he met up with me and prayed for me for an hour. And I'm like, okay, cool. I feel good. And if nothing's there, nothing's there. If we pray and nothing happens, cool. There's nothing there. What's like to me? What's the worst thing that can happen? Is you get delivered? That's like the best thing that can happen. I so mean, yours was was just kind of an idleness because of the flesh. It wasn't. It didn't cross over into like. A, into no, like I literally movie. felt like something was there. Oh, oh so you so you do feel like that? Was, I felt like there was something there. I don't know where it came from, why it was there, okay. and I'll even say this: I've never said I haven't said this publicly or made a video on it, anything like that. I was literally getting prayer from my friend and as he's praying for me, this is like a few months ago, right? And there's no like open sin in my life. There's nothing I'm doing that I'm like, oh, there's this compromise and open door for the devil. Right. I heard a, a literally a name or a word in my head. I've never heard before. Argon. I was like, Argon. I've never heard that in my entire life. I don't even know what Argon means. So I'm like, Argon. And as he's praying for him, I'm hearing that. And he's like, what do you, why do you need prayer? And I said, I've just been feeling lethargic, lazy, no motivation. Just like, I mean, those things aren't really sin, but I just feel like it's not me. Why am I feeling like I don't want to do anything? I look up the word argon. I don't know if it was Greek or Latin. This is literally the definition of the word argon. The argon means lethargic, lazy, and no motivation, which I just got him telling him. Now he's praying for me and a random name is in my head and I look up the name and I can find the picture for you. And it's a definition of a Latin or Greek word meaning lazy, lethargic, and no motivation. I just got him telling him that's what I'm feeling. And then that name pops in my head. So to me, did I just make up that name that somehow was a Latin or Greek name I never heard of and it meant exactly what I'm going through? Or was there something there that I didn't know was there that I knew wasn't me? And then he prayed for me and I felt free. I was like, oh, nothing. I didn't talk and say, this is my name. It was none of that. I just felt like, okay, something left me and I felt free and great. Let's move on. And that was the first time I've gotten that type of prayer in 13 years. The last time I got delivered was 13 years ago. So I'm not going every other week being like, I need to lose yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just knew... I told my wife, like, I just have no motivation. I didn't want to stream. I didn't want to, yeah. like, I, I just wanted to sit on the couch all day and do nothing. I'm like, this isn't me. I'm active. I'm moving. Had him pray for me. It wasn't dramatic. It wasn't just put on worship music for an hour. Let's pray. Let's go to war. And that happened. And I felt breakthrough. And I haven't talked that way since. So, like, I've never shared that story before publicly. I, I appreciate you. I so it was just like a casual demon. Like, that's how you're describing it. It's like, oh, yeah, it was just, you know, I didn't scream. It wasn't a dramatic thing. Just casual demonic possession. Okay.
a whole list of I like arguments and I'm like hey. trying to make this be hey, look at this look at this look at this best friends forever best friends even though forever, he doesn't man. believe in deliverance <laughs> <know. laughs> honestly some of my best friends don't believe Christians have demons I'm like I don't care I won't they answer won. oh wait a minute wait a minute cool off everybody here's the thing dude it doesn't matter it's not a salvation issue it's a secondary issue I have friends on my podcast that don't believe and we joke about it I'm like you believe they're on and I believe they're in it doesn't even matter it's well, can, like, I, can I just piggyback that for the record because I have heard people online and they, they make a huge deal about mm-hmm. that. And just hearing you break it down the way you did, even though I maybe am not like convinced to where I'm like, okay, yeah. But hearing that, I'm kind of like, okay, the position he takes, whether he's right or I'm right, I'm right, but glad yeah. Whether he's right or I'm right, like that is, See? I, I think just pers- on a personal level, the more you tell me what you think, mm-hmm. Morgan, but I'm kind of like, all right, I, re- I respect what he's saying. I see I see how he could come to that conclusion. His own experiences, his own d- delivering deliverance with other people. Like I totally see how he could come to that place, and I respect it. Yeah, but I appreciate Paul, it. do you not believe in deliverance? Do I not? Be- how about this? Do you believe in healing? Wow! This became Paul. Twenty-four hours with Paul. <laughs> He's getting sweaty. He's getting sweaty. So we should. Think, what's the question? He's we never been delivered, and you more. have. Yeah. Exactly. We should definitely talk about this. So how did this come about? That's what I'm. No, we should definitely about. talk about this on the podcast tonight. I believe, yeah, God delivered you from oppression. I don't think I'm at the place where I could say like there was a demon inside of you that got cast out necessarily. I do think there is demon possession. You so think yeah, she you had demons deliverance. in her. I am open. Were you to, at the deliverance? I was not. Oh. I'm open to it, well, but I. We were, I, I would say that there was, there was, right, I saw the fruit of it. Absolutely. I'm here to testify to the fruit of it. There was oppression that was lifted off of her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm not quite at the place. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm not at the place. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's like, you know. <laughs> do you think demons came out of you? Or do you think it just got sent? Oh, right? you, you, you really do. Because yeah. we haven't really talked about it that much of like, yeah. other than. Did you have any like manifestations or was it just. I like. Began, I gotta get this off of me. <laughs> I began like weeping. What I felt was just like this insane weight just lift. Like mm-hmm. I felt like I could breathe. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't breathing before. But I do believe, I feel like I was, there were things in me. Which is like really like crazy to think about. And it's always been crazy to think about because I was. It's interesting to hear her talk about it this way in this conversation because I feel like it's a little bit of a different energy than she had when she was sharing it on Isaiah's channel, which I'm 99.9% sure that that conversation happened after this one because Isaiah just made mention of like, oh, we'll have to talk about that on the stream. But in this conversation, Morgan is saying like, yes, I experienced deliverance. I felt things leaving me. I felt like I could breathe for the first time and I wasn't actually breathing before. Like I believe in deliverance. Then on Isaiah's channel later, she does say that she believes in deliverance, but she, this is, I I hate to like be critical or question any part of someone's story, Um, when it relates to like their mental health and especially a situation as serious as this. But the event that Morgan is referring to is a prayer night that was set up to pray for her, like specifically for her because she was experiencing severe depression and suicidal ideation. And 
one day she laid on the couch the entire day while Paul was at work. He came home, he got in the shower, like he went into bed and she walked into the room and told him, if something doesn't change, I'm going to kill myself tonight. And I, we talked about this last week, so I'm just kind of like recapping the story, but like Paul pulled her to him. He said, well, then something's going to change. He held her until she fell asleep. The next day they called her psychiatrist, her mom, a few other people that they knew and trusted. And then eventually that resulted in this prayer night happening for her. And she says that something happened during this prayer night where she just felt a shift. She felt it change and she has not experienced depression like that since. And Isaiah makes a comment of like, oh, so I guess you could say you had a demon in you and you got delivered of it. And Morgan's basically like, well, yeah, I guess you could say that. And like, she didn't specifically say, this is part of my story. I had a demon in me and I was delivered of it when she tells that on Isaiah's channel. But here she is saying it. So I don't know. Like, I, I'm not trying to like criticize or pick apart anyone's experience like that. But it is just interesting the differences in the way that she has presented the story within the same day. I don't know what to think of that. Walking with the Lord, like in that whole period of my life, we were plugged into a church, we had accountability, mentors, I was in the word, but yeah. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying this new video. We are so excited for this project and you guys, we just want to make it clear, like we believe that this project is a need in the online Christian community and we can't do it without our patrons, without our one-time donations. We cannot do it without you all. So if you believe in this project, uniting the body of Christ, become a patron of ours at patreon.com slash Paul Morgan Show. Join at any tier, huge, huge blessing, or you could join at the $24 tier, which is everything 24-hour related. Early release watch parties where you get That's to watch every money. new episode early with us. Behind the scenes, bonus footage. <laughs> Consider supporting and let's hit this project out of the park. Thanks, guys. Now back to the episode. That's a lot of money to pledge monthly. And I know that people have like higher tiers than that um, on their Patreons, but... Still, I, I don't know, maybe uh, my budget looks different than their audience, but I'm like, I am not spending $24 a month on exclusive content related to one thing that you are doing on your channel. Not me. Like, our followings tend to be, like, incredibly, ex the, like, most yes. extreme of yeah. those things, and so we have to try to, like, bring them down. Yeah, I was saying, like, a lot of times we have to keep reiterating, not everything's a demon, you don't need to keep going for deliverance, because whatever we teach in moderation, our followers take in excess, mm -hmm. and they, like, ramp up. So if we say... part of the kind of the issue. They yes. What's on hours yeah. of yeah. this exactly. specific thing, and they're not, like, getting the full I'm, I'm scared of some yeah. of the, the Christian followings online. Well, I mean, people get very passionate. Your ministry has touched their life. It becomes not in a bad way, but I mean, it becomes very like cultish in that they're like, this is the guy that preached I got saved under. So they become very loyal to that. And it becomes all about the person. What we're trying to do. And I said this earlier is like, it's not about me. Actually, it's completely not about me. It's about you. It's about the body of Christ. It's about Christ. Okay, I appreciate hearing Isaiah say that, and I think it is definitely good for someone who is a public figure 
in the space of religion, especially to be aware of that, of like, they're going to take this one thing I say, and they're going to run it to the biggest extreme. So I always have to make sure that I'm reiterating, you know, not everything's a demon. I do appreciate hearing him say that. I still think that Isaiah perpetuates extremist beliefs. And so when you're doing that, I don't know how effective it is to be like, but also be reasonable guys to the people who watch you for those extremist beliefs. So maybe that's something we got to wrestle with, but I, I'm trying to look for the positives. And so I'm like, all right, well, at least, you know, at least, you know, that you have this responsibility to kind of bring people back in, kind of ground them a little bit where you can, but maybe you're also contributing to the problem. Yeah. I know. Hey, deliverance. We're gonna talk later about what you guys think about deliverance, and we'll get into some into some debate on it, maybe. Ooh, but I definitely, debate. yeah, I definitely love the testimony. All right, wow. so I want to talk about for some reason somebody <laughs> wanted us to talk about yoga. Why are we talking about yoga? Oh, what is your guys' view? Hey, see, remember how I said in the last episode that Paul was being very distracting at some points and like asked for a towel to wipe his sweat. He's doing it right now. I don't know if they're planning to include that entire segment of the video here in this video, but if they do, I can tell you I'm not going to watch it again. I will cut it out. I already summarized it and gave my thoughts on it, so I just don't think that it's necessary to do it again. On yoga, I'll give you my view. You guys had in your trailer to your project, Corey Asbury talking about, or Vlad, who's one of my best friends, love Vlad so much, saying yoga is demonic which I'll say that a million times on record. I've said that like in 20 of my podcasts. And then Corey, is it Asbury? Asbury? Corey Asbury. Asbury the Raspberry. Okay, saying <laughs> how stupid, is this his words? How stupid it is. He said, it's, he said it's asinine. Oh, okay. Which is that, is that the same thing as stupid? as a fancy way to say it. How dumb it is for Christians <laughs> to say or preachers to say, well, I mean, I guess he's talking about me too. Mm. Not offended, but he's, he's wrong to basically say it's dumb to say yoga can open you up to demons. Yeah, my wife's going to fight Corey. So I think I know exactly what he said. He said, how asinine is it okay. to say that if you have a, a daughter, daughter that does yoga, that she's going to get possessed by an Eastern spirit and go off the rails? Yeah. Which literally I can name three girls right now that that exact thing happened to them. Whoa. And they were new age teachers and they had thousands of followers and yoga was the open door into the occult for them. And they went off the rails. And all three of them said yoga was the gateway, spiritual gateway drug into the new age movement. All right. So they've clipped it down a little bit. They're not including everything that was a part of this conversation. So depending on how long this goes on for, I might just leave it in. That way you can hear um, the conversation from the people who actually had it. And you can hear it separate from any sort of bias I may have. I tried to be very accurate in how I portrayed the conversation, but... I'm a human, so you never know like what um, what I might have picked up on that was there or wasn't there or what I might have placed an emphasis on that somebody else might not. So maybe maybe it's valuable to hear parts of this conversation directly from them. Not trying to call no one out or, you know, get a reaction clip, but Corey's <laughs> extremely wrong on this one. <laughs> Yoga is demonic, and when you do it, you're opening yourself up to demons because it was created with the intention of praying to Hindu gods 
and the stances are prayer stances. Namaste is I bow to the divine in you. It's all new age. It's all demonic. It's all satanic. What would you say about people or someone who's just like, I do stretching? Stretch. Stretch until every bone's limber. <laughs> you can perfectly. In fact, okay, I'll tell you from a new age. Uh, three yoga teachers told me this. Ex-yoga teachers. All three of them said the poses in yoga are not healthy for you. It is not healthy to do the double dog, triple dragon, back twist, or your back's oh, bent and you're lifted up. They're not healthy poses for you. So to argue that it's healthy, I, I think that you can push not. back on that. No, okay, not. I, listen. Were you I, a yoga teacher? All I'm saying, let me crunch. <laughs> no, this. he wasn't. Were so you I ever just... a yoga teacher? Let me crunch. Paul? Let me crunch this cough drop. <laughs> Hold on. All right, you're gonna need that. I spent a long time trying to work out the back issues yes. I had for the last ten years, and you don't have to do yoga to do some similar yeah no positions problem. where I think a lot of experts would agree that it is helpful in strengthening certain like a physical therapist would yes, say hey stretches, do these stretches. But like, not, what about that but you, that's you, fine you go into a chiropractor stretch until your heart's content you go into, your back you walk go into on a it. chiropractor and I, I would say some may say that chiropractic no went, no bro so no cracking your that. back and realigning no one would your say spine that chiropractic neck. has some you're reaching some, some, some pagan no. origins oh, no it's not i'm not saying that i'm just no they included some backup okay See, this is why I'm like, let's just hear them out. Let's see what their plan is for including this clip. All right. So they put a screenshot from Google that says Daniel David Palmer, the father of chiropractic, who performed the first chiropractic adjustment in 1895, was an avid spiritualist. Well, how about that? Knowing Paul and Morgan uh, parasocially, I would assume that Paul did not know this when he first made that argument on the show. I think he was just trying to play devil's advocate, but then someone probably reached out to him and was like, you're right, Paul, look at this. And so now he just can't pass up the opportunity to be like, hmm. Hmm. was I right? Did I make a good point? Who knows? Maybe someone could try to make no, it. No, you're you're comparing apples <laughs> and oranges. You could go. So you, you hurt your back yesterday, and praise God, it seems to be doing so much better. Praise yes. the Lord. But if you were to go to a, I would never go to a yoga instructor. physical therapist. <laughs> they would give perhaps some likely some strengthening exercises that would be similar to, but not yoga poses that yoga masters teach and yoga studios teach. Okay, if you stretch, that's one thing. But when you are doing poses that were created and designed to offer worship and praise to Hindu gods, that's where you're opening yourself up. The devil doesn't care about intentions. Here, so I think absolutely it can be doing You're here, not going to get no love from this chat. Here is Trust where, me. Okay. He's looking at the chat. Does anybody agree? Listen, I, I'm, <laughs> I am hesitant to say anything because you obviously have the chat bought and paid for. Yeah. Okay, they're not going to. No, the, the chat bro, is Bro, we've awesome. had so many ex-yoga teachers come and expose it. The chat it. is awesome. I get it. Like I, I agree with you. From what I've seen, the research that I've done, the little research I've done, the origins of yoga are very pagan. Okay, let me ask you this. Well, right. no, no, hold on, I'll just go ahead, it. go ahead, go ahead. But you could <laughs> say the origins of many things are pagan. I think that oftentimes we kind of I'm loading up my rifle right now. Oftentimes <laughs> we we I'm putting another shell in. Pick, listen, listen, listen. Go we, ahead, go ahead. we pick and choose what pagan things we're gonna completely black and white avoid and which ones we're gonna engage in. Amen, brother. Preach, brother. What we're gonna engage in to some extent. I saw a, a clip from Greg Locke that went viral, and I know you've you've been in a movie where you guys have some mm -hmm. type of relationship where he was saying he's a, a very passionate individual. He said there will be no one bringing Starbucks into my yeah, church. I would never say that at my church, ever. Visitors walk in here. 
don't knock Starbucks out of their hands. But if you come here on a regular basis, don't make me have to say, get that out of here. That company is not only one of the most godless companies on the planet. They are full-blown, 1,000% a witch's coven. I promise you it's the facts. I'll stake my life on it. Starbucks is witchcraft. We're not talking about drinking Starbucks. We're talking about... <laughs> Okay, so Paul and Morgan added that in. This was not, like, that clip was not a part of the live stream. What a menace. Oh, my gosh. Greg Locke is somebody that I don't know too much about. I have not looked too deeply into him. But just from a cursory search on him, I saw a picture that he posted to his Instagram <laughs> where... Um, he was in a books a million and they sell one of his books there. And then a few aisles over, they had some candles that were mystic scented and they had an evil eye on them. And he's like, see, you have to choose. Even a place like books a million is telling you, you have to decide God or the devil. And maybe that's not how he sounded. I'm just, that's my interpretation of his caption, but he. He was not happy about those mystic candles being sold in the same place as one of his books. So can't imagine that me and old Greg would have too much in common. That clip's funny. I like that they put that in there. Doing Hindu, doing poses to Hindu gods. Okay, let me ask you this. Go Let's go into this. I still think that Paul's it's, a, I still grin. think it's a fair, I think it's Exhausting. a fair, I'm not saying they're the same thing, but Paul, I think it's a fair comparison. Just Someone this. in the chat just said drinking Starbucks is demonic. That's fine. So. There know. are people that obviously. It's not the same though. There bro. are people it's that not. obviously. I know I've seen this before, but that was a funny response. That's fine. We're not talking about Starbucks. Ignore Starbucks. We're talking about yoga. It's so black and white to them. So they might hear you saying, well, that's a gray area. I drink Starbucks occasionally and they would not be happy with you. Just like you might not be happy with me. But you're talking about a Hindu practice versus drinking out of a plastic cup with the siren on it. I've studied it. It is a demon. It is sexual deviance. Sometimes I'm so enjoying this. Yeah, people love this. No one ever pushes back on me, so they love it. We've been like this all day, guys, but we're, we're if best your friends. conscience is it all conflicted, whatever is not done in faith is sin, stay far away from it. But I also don't want to be so quick to demonize something that there might a be. practice. That there that might be. Cultish. Somebody could go into it to the pure, all things are pure and say, doing some of these, I feel okay in my conscience. Someone just said Paul needs to be delivered. Oh, Look at a, Angela oh, a said, go back up, Nico and Angela. <laughs> go back up. Woo! My mom said, I really nice. like Paul and Morgan. They're great. Oh, so, your mom is in the chat? My mom's Yay! right here, yeah. Oh, so hi. listen, who cares what anyone else says? <laughs> Paul still believes Christians could have them. They're just on you. So he's more of the pray them <laughs> off. I'm pray them out. So you Paul, can be oppressed. Yeah, Paul deals with more of the soft stuff. And if you need to get real deliverance, you come over here. Isaiah, I may, uh, for our our video when we're done here and we get you a little bit more to discuss a little more, I may push back on your alcohol take. Yes, <laughs> please feel free. Okay, so that was the end of the yoga conversation. Now they're, I, I'm assuming they're doing the same thing of like cutting down um, a larger portion of that stream, cutting out probably dead air, stuff like that to show that they disagreed on alcohol. Bro, are you really trying to get canceled on my stream and talk about alcohol? I just think you go a little too far with it. Yeah. Well, the Bible oh. says it's snake venom. Um, so, yeah, if you like snake venom, then drink. I don't care. I just saw Jesus, you know, dipping, uh, turning the water into wine is yeah, his first miracle. Let's talk about and it. Then Alyssa's pass, back here going like this. 
passing the fruit of the vine. I can give you two pass, verses that will blow that out the of the water. Passing the fruit of the vine and Paul saying to Timothy, drink a little wine Everyone for your Everyone in my chat freak, saying alcohol is bad, no alcohol. frequent illnesses, yeah. the Apostle Paul. Paul, do you drink? I'm not even going to say if I drink Oh, man. All right, guys. I think this is the time we go eat. I'm not even going to say it. We go eat. <laughs> Don't drink, chat. It. Drinking alcohol is bad. It <laughs> kills brain cells. Most violent crimes are due to alcohol. Uh, most accents are due to alcohol. Look at Tammy's like, yep, say it, brother. Um, it destroys your liver. It makes you make decisions. Well, if you it get put, wasted it, on a daily it, basis. It puts you under the influence. <laughs> Maybe what you guys are saying, like when you take it to an extreme, is absolutely true. Oh, no, those are not why, extremes. Why did Paul tell Timothy to drink it? Because the water was uh, making him sick. And so the Why did Jesus turn fermented. the Water I could send you. I could send you an amazing sermon on how the wine wasn't fermented. I'm and just saying. I want to encourage you guys. I want to encourage you all to not take something that is very much a gray area. It's not and turn it not. into a black and white thing. I think we can be. That can be a dangerous game to play. No, no, no. Let Beer a mocker, wine a brawler. Those who are led astray by them are not wise. No, nope. led astray by them. Are you led astray by them? Do you have propensity to be led astray by alcohol? Don't touch it. I'm gonna give you a but verse, can you brother. do it in moderation and be clear in your I'm going to give you a verse. I, I got a verse yes. for you, brother. Let's I go to New say King yes. James. Oh, in the chat. What is Paul actually doing? Oh, no. I'm quoting scripture. My bad. <laughs> you are ridiculous. Solomon in Proverbs, which is inspired. By this is still so awkward for me to watch, but it's interesting to see how defensive Paul is in this moment. And I don't know what his approach is. Like, I think he's trying to be goofy and silly and act like he's unbothered it's like i'm quoting scripture my bad but it feels very angry <laughs> like i think he's trying to be playful but behind that playfulness is some defensiveness and i'm not quite sure why i don't understand what it is about this one that really makes him feel like he's being attacked or like he has to be on the offense maybe it's because um, like he and Isaiah have joked about deliverance and so he knows they have a difference of opinion and Isaiah is not going to budge at all. But, you know, it's it's one of those things where Isaiah's not going to budge, but he does also make jokes and he's he's not saying that you're wrong for not. Well, he is saying that you're wrong if you don't believe in deliverance, but he's not saying that you're like a bad person because he has friends who don't believe in deliverance. I'm wondering if this is different because we know that Paul and Morgan have talked about how they have wine every now and then. And so um, they've spoken about it. We can assume that they do engage in drinking wine because they told us that they have. And so um, maybe because it's something that they actively participate in, Paul is feeling called out and he's feeling like his life and his actions are being attacked. And so that's why we're getting this really bizarre response. But there was just like a different level of intensity to this conversation in terms of how Paul responded to the criticism. It's it's kind of subtle. Maybe you wouldn't pick up on it right away unless you were watching this with the intent to analyze it. But especially the second time around, um, I'm definitely noticing that more from where I'm sitting. God says, wine bites like a serpent, stings like a viper. Question is, would you allow a serpent to sting you stream on stream right now or a viper to bite you? No. So that's why you shouldn't drink wine. All right, ladies and gentlemen, don't drink. The Bible's clear. The New King James Version says it all. I really do want you guys to subscribe to the 24 Hours. It's going to be good, interesting. You're going to hear from people you don't agree with and look at what their life looks like, and they'll tell you why they believe what they believe. The goal is to bring unity. I should do a little spokes thing for you guys. You should. The goal, we might have you do that.
why are you guys including this promo? They're already watching 24 hours with if they're seeing this. To bring unity in the body of Christ and to show differing opinions. And guys, we don't have to hate each other because we differ on certain things. Um, we're still going to play pickleball tomorrow. And Paul's still going to whoop me at pickleball. I got to be honest. <laughs> Paul and Morgan, we had a great time with them. Ooh. We'll see the episode soon. We did it. Are we on? Are we on? Yeah, you're on. That was, that was so everybody good. loves you, Paul. Two Paul. hours. <laughs> Two <laughs> hours. Bye, Paul. Don't come back. <laughs> oh, there was a little bit of savagery. There was a little bit of savagery in the live. Make sure you get this on video, too. Get it on video. What did I tell you when we were writing the notes? I said, do you want to talk about yoga? What did I tell you? Uh, and they will say, crucify <laughs> That's what I said. She remembers. Why does she remember everything? You threw the verse at me. I, got I didn't have time you. to process. I got some for you. Gonna hit you Let me use the restroom. You ready? Well, one sentence. One sentence. Are you ready? I wrote this down for my video of alcohol. Whatever I do in moderation, my kids will do in excess. Think about that. It's true. It's a thousand percent true. Hmm. Firstly, I was going to comment on the fact that Paul said he had to go to the bathroom. And Isaiah was like, wait, 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 one sentence. Like, let me still continue to prove my point, even though the stream is over. But that's an interesting concept. Whatever I do in moderation, my kids will do in excess. I think that maybe that's a good general concept to keep in mind of like, I'm setting the example for my kids. I am laying the groundwork here and I'm showing them what I believe to be right and wrong. And I'm hopefully um, doing a good job in this. And they, they do want to take the good things that I'm teaching them and carry those with them into adulthood. But I don't think that you can say that for everything. Like, I don't think that that is always true. People like kids grow up to be adults with their own beliefs, their own views, their own desires. And um, a lot of kids end up being very different from their parents, like in good ways and in not so great ways. So like, it's like an interesting concept to absorb and, and have in the back of your head of like, I am setting the example in how I live every single day for my kids. But I don't know. I don't know if Isaiah said that alcohol is poison, why would he have to make the point that what I do in moderation, my kids will do in excess? Just something to think on. You're not off the spigot yet. <laughs> 10 p.m. Saldivar household. I had my friend recently, she said that she's spoken tongues one time but never did since and she said she didn't feel like she was in control like she yeah she like couldn't stop until it chose to stop like yeah. her body chose to stop speaking in tongues and she asked me if that was my experience and I said no like I could speak in tongues right now yeah um and she was like well, what is the difference like was my tongue real and yours wasn't or, or what and I didn't really have an answer for that <laughs> I think sometimes the spirit overtakes you I don't think it's very common like when I started speaking in tongues people were like tongues are demonic tongues are this I didn't even know what tongues were I heard it one time in my life when I was four or five years old I had a core memory mm -hmm. and I was an atheist and then 
called out to God. God responded, changed my life. And I immediately started speaking in tongues. I didn't know what it was. I was literally trying to cover my mouth because my girlfriend was next to me. And I'm like, what am I saying? What are these words? What language is this? I didn't know tongues and Corinthians. I didn't know the Bible. So I'm like, what language is coming out of my mouth? Yeah. For me, it overtook me. So I never had to try or ask for it. Yeah. But for most people, it doesn't happen that way. They have to actually sit there and then they feel something bubble up. The Bible says the Holy Spirit's like a river of living water that bubbles up. And if they feel bubbling up and then they open their mouth and tongues come out of them. So I tell people when it overtakes you like that, I would say if you can't pray in tongues again, ask God for a baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible says don't be filled or drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit instead. So it's like, how often do people drink? When I was in the world, I drank every day. So if I could drink alcohol every day, I could be filled with the Holy Spirit every day. Another thought I have, the Bible says when you prophesy, take turns prophesying. The prophet or the one prophesying is in control of their spirit. So prophecy, contrary to popular belief, is not... I'm just going to prophesy and it's going to come out of my mouth. No, the Bible says you can actually take turns. Prophecy is not spontaneous. You actually have control of your spirit and you can prophesy one by one. So with tongues, I believe we're in control of our spirit and we can start speaking in tongues when we want. Like mm -hmm. it's by faith. It's like a light switch. We can turn it on and off. When you look at 1 Corinthians 12, most people don't realize the nine gifts of the spirit are actually not nine gifts. There's only three gifts. The rest are all manifestations of the spirit. So Paul says like, these are manifestations of the Holy Spirit and that's how he manifests. So when the Holy Spirit wants to manifest in healing and tongues and prophecy, he can manifest. That She might experience that where the Holy Spirit was just manifesting out of her and she was like, I feel like I can't control this. Mm -hmm. But I would say it's not super common that happens. Yeah. So I wouldn't preach people like, just let the Holy Spirit overtake your body because I just don't see that happening all the time to people. Right. I feel like a lot of people like just feel like they are not in control of their mind or their spirit. Like people who yell out in church yeah. or... or laugh really loud or stuff and they're like i just don't have control over it and i believe that the maybe morgan's gonna make this exact point that i'm about to make um i don't know if people are like genuinely feeling as if they don't have control over those things or if that's just what they're saying because they're in an environment where they are expected to behave that way they're expected to feel the Holy Spirit, fall over, convulse, laugh, cry, scream, whatever. You're in an environment that encourages you to perform your religion in that way. And so if you're not abiding by that, then people are going to, like you would think people are going to look at me like I'm wrong, like I'm doing something wrong, like I'm not filled with the Holy Spirit. This is a me issue. And so I'm, I'm going to give myself over to the impulse to conform. Holy Spirit can take over in that way, but I don't think it's like that common. No, yeah, it's not where a lot of people that are doing okay. that, sadly to say, I believe God can do whatever he wants, but a lot of it is for attention, it's to feel spiritual, okay. and some people just get caught in the euphoria of like, this feels really good to do. My point is we lack discernment, and you're seeing people slither, we are at one service where a guy was making bird noises, that's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not making you bark. He's not making you make bird noises. He's not making a joke of it. He's a Holy Spirit, not an animal spirit. So... A lot of pastors in the hyper-charismatic church, I've seen over and over, they lack discernment and people manifest demons mm -hmm. and they call it the Holy Spirit. I mean, flat out. And again, I'm not trying to offend anybody. And even some of the laughter, I'm like, one of the big symptoms of someone manifesting a demon is the demon starts laughing and making a joke out of it, making light of it, and getting attention. Man, I don't want to mention names, but the whole like laughing during the sermon, it's not godly. It's it's confusion. You, you bring your new friend to church and all of a sudden 30 people start laughing next to them while the preacher's preaching. They're never going to come back to that church. Yeah. So I just don't see the Holy Spirit doing that. That I think was very popular in 
2012, 13, 14. I think it's kind of died off. I don't see a lot of churches where that's happening. Out of 13 years of ministry, I've preached in 500 churches. I've seen it genuine, just personally, one time. Mm -hmm. And it was at one of our services. Mario Murillo came and was praying for a lady. I know the lady. Her husband just passed away. She had depression. She was suicidal, all this. And Mario was praying for her and was like, the Lord's taking your sorrow and turning it into laughter and joy. She started laughing. It wasn't weird. It wasn't like where you just felt, ugh. It was holy. It was right. It was like God healing her. That's the only time I've ever seen genuine, in my opinion, holy laughter. But I just feel like a lot of it is not God. You know, and I people can push back and say, you're wrong, brother. It was God. And that's great. Praise the Lord. But I've seen a lot of abuses when it comes to manifestations of the spirit. Y'all didn't expect this from Isaiah. <laughs> yeah, if God knocks me over, I'll fall over, but I'm gonna get up changed. Like, I'm not just gonna fall over just to fall over. My goal isn't to see you fall over, it's to see your life change. And if the Holy Spirit's really encountering you, there's gonna be evidence of a changed life. Have you ever watched a YouTube video um, that is criticizing a sermon that you've given or just criticizing you and your ministry, oh. and you've listened to it and thought they have some valid points, or has that never? Um, I would say the ones I've watched, cause I, you know, I'm in rehab. I don't watch any of them anymore. I'm sober <laughs> off of watching hate videos or heresy hunter or drama videos, discernment videos. I'm like, you guys are the worst term ever. But <laughs> I would say, Whoa. yeah, I'm like discernment channels that don't believe in the gift of discernment. How can you be a discernment channel? But anyways, <laughs> I would say 95% that I've seen are Isaiah believes Christians could have demons. So that's the point of contention. And they're from people that don't believe in spiritual gifts, that don't believe. So why am I taking criticism from someone I wouldn't take advice from? And then also guys like Dr. Michael Brown, my uncle who's been my pastor for 13 years, Dr. Uh, uh, pastor James Bird who's been my overseer, uh, uh, Bishop Wellington Boone. I have guys that are legends and heavy hitters and older guys in the faith. I've told Dr. Michael Brown, if you see anything, hear anything, I say anything, you can call me, correct me. And I get corrected all the time. And I just think if I'm saying something off or false doctrine, why would God not use the four or five guys that are watching my content, that are got my back and I'm accountable to, that I'm submitted to, why would they not bring correction? Why is God using some random guy in front of a green screen in someone's basement trying to get some free views off me to call me out and call me false and a heretic and a wolf and then I'm going to hell over a secondary issue when he can use any of these other guys? So I'm trying to think of a video I could think of where I was like, oh, Okay, before he gets into that, if he has an example of it, um, I think it's kind of refreshing to hear him say, I have people keeping me in check and I've openly asked them to come to me if they have any criticism or concern. I, I appreciate that. Again, as much as Isaiah and I do not align necessarily in a lot of the views that he has, it, it's refreshing to hear somebody who creates content that is meant to minister to people say, I have a system of checks and balances because I just get flashes of Mark Driscoll. And I think about how um, when he was at Mars Hill before he came to Arizona and decided to set up shop here, um, when he was at Mars Hill, the elders had noticed something that was concerning to them. They wrote a letter. They wanted to hold him accountable. They wanted to lovingly restore him into a position of leadership. And they, they outlined it. I read the letter from the elder board. And it was very much like, we are concerned about this, but we want to fix it and we want to work on it and we want to make it better. Like, th this is our concern. We're coming to you and we're trying to take steps forward to correct this thing that we are seeing that is not okay. And Mark Driscoll dipped out. He was like, nope, he quit. <laughs> like, he literally, he literally quit. And, um, 
he just didn't even engage in that process. All that's to say, very refreshing to at least hear that he has people who are um, established in ministry and he feels are wise and he would listen to correction from. Maybe in practice that doesn't actually happen, but I don't Again, I'm looking for the positives here. I'm grabbing them where I can. Isaiah says he's open to correction from people that he looks up to and respects. And that's, that's somewhere to start, at least. I mean, I don't think anybody who makes a video criticizing you is somebody filming in someone else's basement, like he just said. But, you know, some positives, some negatives about his response. I have a point. Um, I don't think I've heard one. I'm not trying to be arrogant or cocky. I just can't think of a video where I was like, wow, he's right. I was wrong there. That was like a public call-out video. But I also stopped watching them a long time ago because they're kind of boring. They're like, Isaiah believes Christians have demons. Isaiah believes in deliverance. Isaiah speaks in tongues. Isaiah believes in laying hands on the sick. If Isaiah believes in miracles, why is he wearing glasses? It's like you hear the same story over and over. And I'm just like, they're just boring to me, you know? Time for some more grilling. Let's do it. There was a sermon review done by Honest Youth Pastor. Okay. The and, same guy that made the documentary. Yes. A few weeks before that, he did a sermon review. Okay, so this is the guy whose video I was referring to in my last episode. Honest Youth Pastor, he has a YouTube channel, and I've watched some of his uh, like documentary-style videos where he looks into um, some pretty like significant religious figures, and then he looks back at their childhood, if they went to seminary school, what kind of ministry or religious training they have, and what their ministry looks like today. And I think they're interesting, and I think that they are really well done. Especially his one he he did on Stephen Furtick. I was shocked. I, I I don't really buy into like the celebrity pastor craze anyway, and I'm not a fan of Stephen Furtick. I do think that um, the the band associated with his church puts out some good music, but I'm not like a Stephen Furtick fangirl. Um, so, but still, like hearing about some of the things that are kind of a, considered a norm at his church, I was like, wow. Okay, that's that's an interesting thing that we're doing here. We're going to kick out a breastfeeding mother for being distracting while she's sitting in service. Okay, sure, do that. Great, great choices. So anyway, I did watch those videos. I found them valuable. I enjoyed watching them. They were very well done. But Honest Youth Pastor is not someone that I would say... I align with in terms of religious views or um, on the on the plane of being like a, a decent and caring human being. So I'm not trying to like promote him. I'm not trying to be like, oh, go watch Honest Youth Pastor. He did a documentary on Isaiah, but he did do it. I did watch it and I thought that it was very interesting. That's all I have to say. That you had given, I think you were, you called it, I don't know, my phone unmasking Jezebel a spirit named Jezebel now some of you might hear the name Jezebel and you grew up maybe in a religious home and you just well Jezebel is a woman from the Bible there's no way it's an actual spirit but I'm going to show you in scripture how Jezebel not only we encounter her more than anyone else I was at a church one of his concerns that is also a concern of mine is that uh, you were going through the story of Jezebel Ahab Elijah. I felt like you, this verse did not explicitly point to a spirit of Jezebel and you were kind of going beyond the text. Ooh, okay. What are my predictions going to be about 
what Isaiah's response is. He's going to say that there's reference to the Jezebel spirit in Revelation, and he's going to use that to say, well, Jezebel illustrated the introduction of this spirit, but because it's also mentioned in Revelation, we can infer that that's something someone can be afflicted with. And if you're unfamiliar with the Bible or Jezebel story specifically, essentially whenever someone mentions the Jezebel spirit, they are implying that someone who has it is selfish, unkind, murderous, sexually deviant, particularly sexually deviant. And um, so that's that's kind of how it's used. It's like she has the Jezebel spirit. She's trying to seduce a bunch of men. To make a point of the spirit of Jezebel did this. The spirit of Jezebel, it's been passed on through generations and you see it showing up in the New Testament. The spirit of Jezebel can affect this in your lives. And it was like, in my mind, an honest youth pastor kind of had a similar criticism you were going beyond what was there in the actual story yeah. to make it more about demons, about the spirit of Jezebel and so forth. Okay, so my response to that would be the sermon was literally on a de- about a demon. So this whole entire sermon was about the spirit of Jezebel, which I believe is a spirit, and I've encountered it hundreds of times. And when I take texts about Jezebel, I'm not saying this text is a demon of Jezebel. I'm saying the spirit of Jezebel functions like Jezebel functions. So example would be, She's after the prophets. Jezebel in the Bible, not not the spirit of Jezebel. Jezebel in the Bible. In the flesh. Yes, the actual Jezebel was after the prophets. In the same way, that spirit that acts like Jezebel is after prophets. So it's not that that text in the Bible is like that was Jezebel's spirit. It was that's how Jezebel functions. This is how the spirit functions. So I was paralleling them. I wasn't saying like this in the actual Bible, speaking of the demonic spirit. Let me say this real quick yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to answer that. You, you made a statement. I believe this was your words. You said, Elijah was paralyzed. This is an example. Elijah yes. was paralyzed by the spirit of Jezebel. Yes. And to me, that's just a stretch because we do not see the you know this story in the Bible say that. We did see him getting fearful. We saw him, this mighty man, and now he's on the run. But to, to make it that specific, there's this demon the spirit of Jezebel, this demonic entity, and that's what paralyzed Well, she was Elijah. a demonic queen. She was the most demonic well, leader. Totally fair to say. Yeah, she was, yeah. she was, the Bible she talks was about used how by God, Satan, yeah. Right. She was absolutely, she was a horrible godless woman. So her woman. spirit, but you don't think her spirit was after Elijah if she's a demonic, she's full of the devil? I just think that that is, so do you that is going kind of extra biblical. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. You don't I think, think, it is, let me give I, I think that can get dangerous. I think that like Beyonce or somebody that says, I'm Sasha Fierce, I think... Beyonce's spirit is the spirit of the devil filling her, like a demon. Ah. So I would say Beyonce's demonic. She's led by, controlled by demonic spirits. But we don't have any evidence that Elijah was... This man thinks the trick of using an alter ego to psych yourself up is indicative of being possessed by a demon. Paralyzed with fear. We do. From the spirit of Jezebel. We do, because Jezebel never met Elijah in all of the Bible. They've never met once. She sends a messenger and saying, in 24 hours, Elijah will be dead. He may have just but been the scared Bible for says, his life knowing they have the power yes, to potentially kill yes, me. It's oh, not necessarily a demonic entity that he's paralyzed from fear. Well, from. I would say Jezebel says, sends a messenger and says, within 24 hours, Elijah's going to be dead. And then Elijah's scared, runs off and hides under a tree and asks God to kill him. He's suicidal. Lord, take my life. Kill me. I don't want to be alive anymore. So she's, he's never even met this lady. And this is the lady that's going to bring him down. So I wouldn't say, and I think you misquoted me on the Jezebel spirit was after Elijah. I think what I said was witchcraft. Like she was only giving a word and the witchcraft, the, the power, the domination of that demonic spirit 
was after legend. Well, here's the thing. My worldview is there's a God of this world and there's a God of heaven. There's a ruler of this world. And the Bible says, literally the Bible says this, everyone in the world is under Satan's control. So he's the ruler of the entire world. If you're not saved, you are under the devil's control. So I believe when you have wicked leaders, I don't believe they're just wicked leaders. I believe they are empowered by demonic spirits whether it's a president, whether it's a dictator, I don't think there's any wicked leader that's not being ran by some type of spirit. So when I look at Jezebel, I don't look at her and go, she was just a wicked queen. I look at her that the Satan was using her to destroy the prophets. She was demonically inspired and she had a demonic spirit controlling her to do what she was doing God's prophets, literally beheading the prophets, putting them on poles, making the people worship idols. I 100% stand by, she was demonic, she had a demon, and not only that, I'll even take a step further. I 100,000% believe there is a spirit of Jezebel who's not the spirit from an ancient queen, but mimics everything Jezebel did. For the record, okay. I'm, I'm catching him off guard. Yeah, he didn't, okay. he didn't okay. They put a disclaimer at the bottom of the screen that says Isaiah was looking for a Bible verse, not ignoring Paul. So I'm assuming for the next minute or so, Paul's going to be talking and Isaiah's just going to be on his phone. Um, but that's a, that's an interesting concept. I wonder... If maybe Isaiah would have a little bit more success explaining this concept if he was like, it's symbolism. I'm just saying that this is what I believe about Jezebel. And I think that there are other people who behave in the same way. And so I find it impactful to say that they have the same spirit as Jezebel. They have the same intentions and some of the same actions. And I believe that Jezebel was possessed by a demon. And so I think that those same demons are the ones who are possessing the people who exhibit the Jezebel spirit. So it's not about Jezebel living eternally and still doing these things today. It's about the, the demons that were in her continuing to do that. Maybe that would be a, a more concise way to explain it. I hate to say concise when referring to anything that I say because it's not. It's long-winded. But I wonder if his point would be more easily understood if he had kind of presented his concept of the Jezebel spirit like that. Because I, I think that's what he's saying. Like, that's my understanding of what he's saying. But he explains it in kind of a convoluted way where it was a little bit difficult for me to kind of like pick out what he's actually meaning. Sermon, but my concern is you're okay. just kind of making some some assumptions, putting two things together, making some stretches. I'm not I'm not bashing the whole sermon. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I appreciate it, even fine. in this sermon, as usual, how bold you are. Yeah. Like that is, is something that you embody very well. But that you were taking some some stretches or some leaps, and if we get too comfortable doing that, uh, would you say David committing? Adultery with Bathsheba, it was a demonic spirit that caused him to do no, that. Because I think that's a great, a perfect example. And, and what I'm trying to say here is it's not always a demonic spirit coming in and taking over. The problem with David is a whole different story. Is David invited Bathsheba over. He forced himself on he her. Took one Jezebel sin, he took came one step Elijah. into sin after another. You I mean, could probably make a case of David was overcome by a, a spirit that literally caused him to commit adultery and take this man's could've life. Could have been. I wouldn't say that's wrong. I'd but like, but yeah, you could, somebody been. that's very much in kind of the prophetic preaching and in deliverance could preach that message and do something similar with David's story that you did with Elijah. Yeah, I would say, Jezebel. amen, lust is a spirit and lust takes a lot of men down and lust is a spirit. So I would agree with them if they preach that. I'm not back down. I would agree. I would say, yeah, lust is a spirit, and lust got David, the spirit of lust. So where is their David. accountability then of 
we're fighting the flesh, we're fighting our sin nature, even as Christians, the responsibility on our own part, David's responsibility, because now you're kind of saying, so I, yeah, I, I do. No, I wouldn't they, say I, I would preach that. I would just say if a guy preached that, I'd be like, yeah, that could be possible. Lust is definitely a spirit. And, and my but point it's not is, always my, a spirit. My point is, it could it have been possible? Perhaps, but it also could have been possible that David just gave into the flesh. Yeah, 100%. We've seen people blame yeah, demons, for sure. On their lifestyle choices. Yeah. Or, well, you chose to continue to, to speak to a woman that you shouldn't have been speaking to. Yeah. Or, like, you led yourself down that direction. Do not blame this on a demon. 100%. A demon can't make you do something. A demon can give you a thought, a desire, but ultimately you're responsible for your decisions. No one's going to stand on judgment day and say, I didn't do it, a demon made me. It's not a valid excuse. So where you draw the line is, the flesh is the sinful nature. The flesh doesn't talk to you. So if you're battling lust, let's just use an example. That's one thing. That could be a flesh. Because, of course, men are attracted to women. You can battle lust and be in the flesh and not be a demon. Sure. That's one thing. So over here, let's put the flesh. Over here, you're sitting down eating breakfast, a bowl of Captain Crunch, and in your mind, you can't stop getting perverted images of pornographic things and thoughts and desires, and you're hearing voices, oh. and you feel disgusting, and you can't get these images out of your head, and you're having tormenting, dominating thoughts. That to me and a voice telling you, just go do this, just go do that. That is a demon. That's not the flesh. The flesh doesn't talk. There's no biblical precedence where the flesh is in someone's head saying, do this, do that. So I would say, and we, crucify, I would concede yeah, that if crucify you're getting, if the you're flesh. These voices, if you're getting yes. yeah, this just crazy stuff, yes. that there is absolutely. So if you watch my videos, reality that could be anybody that watches my content will say, Isaiah constantly says, not everything's a demon. I just did a video on the difference between the flesh and the demon. The flesh must be crucified. A demon must be cast out. If you have a guy preaching an entire sermon on a demonic spirit, that's what the sermon's about. It's literally about a demonic spirit. So you can't go, well, he's talking about the spirit the whole time. Duh. That's literally what the sermon's about. For the record, I, I appreciate you feeling this. I know that it's getting like a little bit more combative, but no, I, I, don't I, mind. I really I don't like, because I wanted to touch on my concerns with the prophetic style of preaching. Yeah. I rarely even preach like that now. I'm always streaming. And in streaming, I'm giving 50 plus verses every single stream. Like literally go find a live stream where I didn't get 50 verses. And I, I believe that. Yeah. I believe so it. that's that's just a different context. So people might do like, for me, when I look at Honest Youth Pastor, it's like, why aren't you doing sermon reviews on my thousand teachings online? Do a, do a sermon review on my verse by verse. Why are you doing a sermon review on my once two months preaching at the church? So I don't know. I just That, that is fair. And I've, I've experienced sermons where it's concerned me a lot more that they would, I guess, call prophetic preaching. But it's like the whole sermon was just stuff that they were coming up with. God spoke to me god revealed to me that he's about to do this in america he's about to do this over our congregation and it just ends up being like that was void of any real meat that we can stand on it was yeah. just all kind of what you think is going to happen i appreciate you taking these yeah, questions yeah i don't mind you can throw bro anything at me and nothing's gonna offend me i'm saying these things because i believe them so you've mentioned vlad he said and I, I saw this clip going around actually some friends back home were like paul have you seen he talked about the demon of bedwetting spirit of addiction I Okay, before they jump into that conversation with the six and a half minutes we have remaining, I don't know exactly what I pictured when I envisioned what 24 hours with would look like, but I wish they hadn't spent so much time talking about something that Isaiah constantly talks about. Like, in, in my head... I think the concept of deliverance, demons, possession, 
all that kind of stuff is kind of like synonymous with Isaiah Saldivar's presence on the internet. And so we know he's spoken about those things. We know he's talked about them. He shared his opinion and of course include it in, in this video because it's about him and that seems to be a pretty significant portion of um, his ministry. But I guess I had kind of thought that they would talk about a wider variety of topics, things that maybe aren't central to his social media content. I don't know. Maybe that maybe that's why they they wanted to talk about those things is because it's like, well, this is what you constantly talk about. And here's kind of my concerns or my questions related to this thing that you are so involved in and outspoken about. But I guess I just kind of thought that like there would, like I said, there would be a wider variety of topics to kind of, um, if the goal is like to unify Christians, why can't we show a wider range of topics? Because I don't think most people, like most people that I know, they're not talking about this. I don't think most Christians are having conversations about deliverance on a daily basis. Like, can we talk about things that are more current? Can we talk about things that are happening in the world? Can we talk about certain um, beliefs that a lot of people hold to be true, but maybe people are pushing back on? Like, just think about things that are common issues within the Christian church or common points of contention. And like I said, I can't say that deliverance would be one of those things in my life anyway. But yeah, instead of doing that, let's go ahead and talk about something that Isaiah didn't even say himself from what I know, that it, it came from Vlad. I don't know if he co-signed it, if he reposted this concept, but Isaiah's friend said this. Addiction to chocolate, addiction to pop, bedwetting, knuckle cracking, tantrums and fits, thumb sucking. Oh my God, feeling so attacked because I've cracked my knuckles like 10 times throughout this video. Move in the name of Jesus right now. I feel like almost anyone could hear that and say, that's going too far. Yeah. But what are your thoughts on that? And I know I'm taking an extreme example, yeah, yeah. but it, I it's haven't out seen there. the clip, but I will say this. When you do deliverance, you will realize so many things people have addictions to and struggle with have demonic spirits behind them. So let me give you an example. If you have a guy or a person that's chronically sucking their thumb, that's an adult, they can't stop sucking their thumb, there could be something spiritual there. Which is a legit thing. Absolutely. I'm picturing a, a kid, yeah. like a, a 10, no, 10 no, 12 year old. No, okay, so we're was... talking about chronic addictions and chronic like, very, let me give you an example. I dealt with a lady, I have it on video, but anyways, she was deathly afraid of birds. If she saw any bird near her anywhere, she would get in her car, cry, scream, and have a panic attack. Any bird. Didn't matter if it was right there by her car. She's walking in the windows. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That, we prayed for her. And I kid you not, she was in the deliverance. Now, her husband was like, I don't even know if I believe in deliverance. And I'm like, well, we're going to pray for your wife. She's never manifest nothing. In the deliverance, this is a normal lady, very successful. We start praying for her. She starts literally screaming, acting like a bird, flapping her hands like this, and literally says that she has a bird spirit and her husband's like, this is insane. She's like, this is insane. And she's flapping her wings. She gets delivered. And to this day, she's not afraid of birds. So you, people can say whatever they want online. Friends, family can say that's nuts. You can say whatever you want. This lady was definitely afraid of birds and she's not anymore. I've never dealt personally with a bedwetting okay. demon or anything like that. I'm just taking off of what you're telling me. But if a, an adult is chronically sucking their thumb and they're saying something in me wants to suck my thumb, this is not normal. This is not healthy. This is weird. You say that there's room that that could be a hundred percent i've dealt with every weird addiction i can think of 
that's been attached to demonic spirits. I when I, but, a, but here's the thing. Yeah. A person that doesn't do deliverance would think that's nuts. They're like, that's insane. And I would agree. If I've never done deliverance, I'd be like, that's insane. There's no such thing as a demon making you afraid of birds. I'm like, yeah, it could be spiritual because I've seen it. I saw a lady who, again, was a very successful lady. We were praying for her, got on her back on all fours, put her hands like this, like a spider upside down and her head turned completely upside down. And I would say that's insane and nuts, but I saw it well, with my own eyes. Well, so it's like, to that point, you know, I, I, I want to concede this earlier, you know, we were having the debate about can Christians have a demon and, and so forth, talking to you, talking to, I was talking to Jared earlier and he was saying like, yeah, this girl that was going to the Bible studies, she, I, I was confident that she was walking with the Lord. And then suddenly she's having a manifestation that was intense yeah. and she got delivered. I'm hearing that. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. Because I, I even asked him, I was like, are you sure? Like, are you confident that this person was walking with the Lord? Right. He was like, Paul, I'm confident this girl was walking with the Lord. And I suddenly I'm seeing this manifestation, like what you'd see in the movies, her yeah. tongue sticking out, she's yeah. flopping on the floor and she gets delivered. That's making me, I, I'm not saying I'm, I'm totally, we almost got I'm him, not saying I'm, I'm, I'm not on the record. Morgan and Tammy have been working on him. He's almost there. I'm not on the record saying I believe a Christian can have a demon, but hearing that, hearing the stuff oh, you're I have saying, lots of I, I, know, I bet you do. But but even hearing Jared, who I consider uh, a little less, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, Morgan, help me out, Morgan. Morgan, Morgan, yeah, Morgan help me out. Help me out, Morgan. I got nothing. He's My maybe a little, a little calmer. He's definitely not, but you haven't, you haven't hung out with a, him enough. A little less intense, but hearing him say that, I'm kind of like... He just doesn't talk as fast. That's why he's yeah. He talks more intense. slowly, so I feel like I can trust him more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hearing him say that... I'm he's not gonna, Italian, that's why. <laughs> I'm kind of like, that sounds like that could have been the reality of what happened. Yeah. If you hung around us and saw some of the deliverances we do, your your mind would be completely different. You'd be like, this is insane. I can't believe I've never seen this before. So, so are we shaking hands? So month. say a Christian can have a demon. <laughs> say a Christian can have a demon. <clears throat> I would honestly love at some point, though, to do deliverance and see it. With if some, if I stayed a month with you, I'm not telling you that you should let me stay a month with you. <laughs> Dude. But if I did, <laughs> and I... Pick and, cast their demons every well, day. if I would have saw what... For those of you who are just listening, Paul was holding out his hand like in a handshake kind of pose and Morgan was zooming in on it. And in my head, I was like, that's really weird. Why is she zooming in on this? Then Isaiah goes to shake Paul's hand and Paul kisses him on the hand. Why? I don't know, but it happened. Jared saw what you, I, I believe you just yeah. countless times you've seen this, it would maybe really impact me. Yeah, it would. Because I've seen it change lives and I've seen, I see Jesus do it in scripture. So I have the word of God to stand on and the testimonies that I just like, it's worth it for me to take the criticism and see people get set free. Yeah. yeah. Amen. This was a good conversation. It's been good hanging out with you, bro. <laughs> Christians can't out. have demons. Hey, how can people uh, support your ministry? Uh, you can go find me on YouTube. Go to IsaiahSalivar.com. You can we'll go to links. my channel. Any of that. We'll yeah, put his links below this yeah, video. It was if, fun. If, if they want to. 24 hours, man. It's been a long 24 hours. <laughs> wow. It's been fun. It's been a long two hours watching this and reacting to it. So I feel you. It's been fun. I mean, yeah, we played pickleball and did you feel I beat Paul a few times. Uh, yeah, it was good. He, it, it wasn't singles. He's so. a better, no, he's, for the record, he's a better pickleball player than I thought Thanks, he would be. Dude. He is climbing fast. Thank you. Isaiah, thank you, brother. Yep. Love you, man. Love you too, bro. Great, great, great conversation. 
Okay, so now it's over. We've got some closing slides and it says, what a special time we had with Isaiah, his family and friends. We were welcomed with open arms, excitement and vulnerability. We couldn't have asked for a better first film session. Walking away from this time with Isaiah, we felt like we understood so much more about him and the why behind his ministry. Story after story was shared about seeing people find freedom and healing in Christ. It began to make much more sense as to why Isaiah is so passionate about deliverance. We might not see eye to eye on every theological belief. We might still see certain things differently, like the permissibility of alcohol. But one thing we believe we all came away with was a respect for one another and the walks we all have with our Heavenly Father. We hope you feel as we do, that this first episode has done everything we prayed it would do. Unite, grow, entertain, praise God. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. Psalm 133 verse 1. Okay, this is just a promo for donations. I'll dance to the music though. Do you guys speak in tongues? Do you believe in it? What we both you speak do? in tongues. They... Hold on, let me put you guys only. Ladies and gentlemen, do I have a Zoom for them? There we look, we're zoomed in on you guys. Ladies and gentlemen, they both. So go ahead, John MacArthur, make a video on that. I don't believe you could get demons from drinking Starbucks, but to each his own. You don't believe that? I don't believe that, no. Liquid death, though? Uh, I'm not talking about that. <laughs> Finn. All right. So that was Paul and Morgan's first episode of 24 Hours With. Obviously, you heard my thoughts all throughout this video or podcast episode. So I want to hear what you think. If you are listening to this on Spotify, you can leave it in the Q&A for this particular episode. Or if you are watching the video on YouTube, you can leave it in the comment section down below. Anything, everything, all your input, all your feedback, any questions, I want to hear them. And, um, I'm going to I'm going to be looking forward to hearing what y'all have to say about this one. Like I said, you you heard my opinions all the way throughout, but I think this is an interesting concept and I would like to see it develop into something a little bit more effective. Obviously, this was their first one. I do not expect them to go in there knowing exactly what they're doing. They're going to make mistakes. There's going to be a little bit of trial and error. Um but I don't know. Like I I could see this being a good thing if they're willing to open up um, and, and engage with people who are less extreme than them. Like that whole thing I said at the beginning. I don't think they will. And so I don't think that this is going to be something where I would look at it and be like, oh my gosh, this has made such a positive impact on my journey as a believer or on how I perceive Paul and Morgan and their beliefs. But it could be. It could be if they would open up just a little bit more. So we'll see. Time will tell. Anyway, while you're letting me know what you thought of Paul and Morgan's video, as well as sharing any opinions you had on the things that I said throughout this, it would be so amazing if you could leave the video a like or subscribe to the channel or leave the podcast a rating and a review. If you have done any of those things already, thank you so much. I am so appreciative of you and I love being able to just sit here, hang out with you and talk about whatever. Thank you so much for watching or listening. Please be kind to people and I will see you in the next one. Bye.